Mind and the Motorcycle Monologues, Volume 30, April 15, 2021. A Lone Voice in the Universe. I always keep using that phrase, and uh, only very, very recently I came across an incredible speech uh, given by a fellow uh, by the name of Carl Sagan. And he was um, a, a, an astronomer and a, a brilliant poet. And he gave a speech uh, at Cornell University in 1994, so that's nearly 25 years ago. And he gave it in response to seeing an image of Earth uh, sent uh, by, I believe it was Voyager 1, 3.7 billion miles from Earth. Um, it was um, a, a picture of a, a little pale blue dot. And here's what he had to say. From this distant vantage point, the Earth might not seem of any particular interest, but for us, it's different. Consider again that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you have ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, Every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings, how eager they are to kill one another, how fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark, in our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit, yes. Settle, not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than the distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we have ever known. That was Carl Sagan uh, in 1994.
um, and I just felt that uh, it was worth sharing. Um, and really, that kind of sense of things, I would say, is one of the primary motivators for me doing this kind of stuff. So thanks for listening to that part. And now we'll uh, get on to uh, the news. Um, and here's what we got. We got some uh, news from Pew. We got news about your face, Pentagon money, IRS money, Amazon disunion, climate emergency, vaccine inequity, Palestinian aid, Brexit, ancient Egypt, the bald eagle, and Polish dogs. And we have a poem by Joy Harjo, Don't Bother the Earth Spirit. So let's get going. Uh, interesting numbers from Pew regarding uh, social media. Uh, that YouTube and Facebook uh, continue to dominate the, the online landscape, with um, 81% and 69% respectively report using these sites. And uh, when it comes to some of the other platforms, the numbers are lower. 40% say they've used Instagram, and about a third Pinterest or LinkedIn. The uh, interesting number, which really isn't a surprise, that Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok basically have very strong followings amongst uh, young adults. Um, in a majority of 18 to 29-year-olds, they say that they use Instagram 71% of the time, Snapchat 65%, and while roughly half say the same for TikTok. Um, it, it's kind of interesting. And right up there at the top, uh, where you can find the Foster and Feinstein show, is YouTube. Fully 81% of Americans say they have used this video sharing site, something to keep in mind. Go to YouTube if you want to see a great show, Foster and Feinstein, where you can see our faces, by the way. And uh, speaking of faces, a coalition of more than 20 human rights organizations re released an open letter Wednesday morning calling for a total ban on private and corporate use of facial recognition, which is a very invasive technology that the group characterized as discriminatory and too dangerous to exist. Quoting from this study, in a world where private companies are already collecting our data, analyzing it, and using it to manipulate us to make a profit, we can't afford to naively believe that private entities can be trusted with our biometric information. So there's, there's that bit of news. And... Uh, a little bit of news on the on the, the Pentagon, which is really kind of disappointing. Um, you know, President Biden, you know, is I don't know if you would say one step forward, two steps back, uh, but certainly um, he has been a mixed blessing, um, far superior to his predecessor, I might add. Uh, Congressman Ro Khanna of California um, was the first House Democrat to speak out last Friday against President Biden's request for. $715 for the Pentagon budget for fiscal year 2022. And it's an increase from the current $704 billion level that was approved by his predecessor. Uh, to quote Ro Khanna, we need a fundamental shift in how we address national security issues and invest in climate action and pandemic response. Um, at some point, we're really going to have to pay some attention to how we misspend our money uh, in, in terms of uh, the military. 
and uh, all that it lives off of. A little bit of decent news in terms of money. Um, in Biden's $1.52 trillion budget for 2022, he's calling for $1.2 billion in additional funding for the Internal Revenue Service, largely so the agency can funnel more resources to audit wealthy taxpayers and corporations. Amen. I'm so glad to read that. And I've said repeatedly, running through numbers, of uh, how much you know, how much money these large corporations and well and wealthy individuals get away with not paying um, in their taxes. Um, union news, not very good, uh, but that's how it goes. Uh, employees of the Amazon warehouse in Alabama uh, voted against uh, forming a union. And uh, Senator Bernie Sanders on Friday called for reforming federal labor law as he applauded the efforts of organizers who took on the retail giant. Uh, and the vote was 1,798 warehouse workers voted against the union compared with just 738 who voted for. And he said, I am disappointed but not surprised by the vote. And uh, Amazon spent millions of bucks trying to discredit the union effort. And it temporarily worked, but not for long. I guarantee it. Um, off to the climate. Lead partners of a global consortium of news outlets uh, that aims to improve reporting on the climate emergency released a statement on Monday urging journalists everywhere to treat their coverage of the rapidly heating planet with the same level of urgency and intensity as they had the COVID-19 pandemic. To quote, this, to quote these folks, it's time for journalism to recognize that the climate emergency is here. This is a statement of science, not politics. The statement notes that a growing number of scientists are warning of the climate emergency. Uh, going back to James Hansen, formerly of NASA, to nearly 14,000 scientists from over 150 countries who have endorsed an emergency declaration. More on this. Uh, after 175 years of publishing Scientific, uh, Scientific American, uh, they made a major editorial announcement this past Monday that the historic U.S. magazine will officially adopt the term climate emergency for its coverage of the human-caused crisis. So um, it's garnering more attention Boy, it needs to. Um, the uh, climate advocacy groups applauded the reintroduction on Wednesday of legislation that would ban new leases for fuel extraction on public lands um, and waters. Uh, the bill is called the Keep It in the Ground Act of 2021. Uh, it lays out a simple no new lease gas, coal, or tar sands leases offshore on federal lands. The government, um, the U.S. government estimates extraction and end-use combustion of fossil fuels produced on federal lands account for about a fifth of the nation's greenhouse gas emissions. Um, they're using our land, yours and mine, and they have no right to do that. Uh, a federal court of appeals court on, um, on Tuesday dealt the final blow to former President Trump's attempt 
to open nearly 130 million acres of territory in the Arctic and Atlantic Oceans for oil and gas drilling. Um, in 2017, Trump signed an executive order uh, aiming to undo Obama-era uh, protections. And uh, it, it was recently uh, shot down, um, and that's uh, excellent news. And uh, lest you think it's you know, all good news in terms of the government and, and climate, uh, indigenous leaders and climate campaigners uh, last Friday blasted President Trump uh, pre I'm sorry, President Biden's refusal to shut down the Dakota Access Pipeline during a court-ordered environmental review. Uh, to quote uh, the folks from 350.org, Biden's inaction to protect our fragile ecosystems, natural resources, traditional medicines, and, and indigenous rights is a clear sign that this administration is the exact opposite of the climate leadership narrative they've promised to lead during this campaign. Uh, and this was a, a quote from Tassina Sapa Wynne-Smith of the Cheyenne River Grassroots Collective. How's our time? Let's see. How are we doing? Oh, we're okay. All right. We'll, we're going to keep moving along, and we're going to kind of stay on climate issues. Um, uh, in 2000... In, in 2000, uh, the western U.S. entered the beginning of what scientists call a mega drought, the second worst in 1,200 years, triggered by a combination of a natural dry cycle and human-caused climate change. Uh, and um, according to them, as we head into the summer dry season, the stage is set for an escalation of extreme, extreme dry conditions with widespread water restrictions expected and yet another dangerous fire season ahead. So right now, the U.S. drought monitor places 60% of the western states under severe or extreme exceptional drought. So stay tuned. Um, the summer's coming, and there are going to be fires. I think we'll take a quick break now and uh, listen, to the, listen to that bass for just a second. Quick news on uh, what I've spoken about quite a bit, which is uh, the inequity in terms of the, the global vaccine distribution, the, the COVID vaccine. The head of the World Health Organization estimated in a recent address that of the more than 700 million coronavirus vaccine doses that have been administered across the globe, just two-tenths of one percent have gone to people in low-income nations. Uh, speaking to the media last Friday, WHO Director General Tedros Adhanom Chebrisis warned, quote, there remains a shocking imbalance in the global distribution of vaccines as pharmaceutical companies cling to their monopoly control over technology that was developed with large infusions of public money. Get this. On average, in high-income countries, almost one in four people have received a vaccine. In low-income countries, it's one in more than 500. And then he said, let me repeat, one in four versus one in 500. 
According to a recent Bloomberg analysis of the vaccination data, the world's least wealthy continent, Africa, is also the least vaccinated. Of its 54 countries, only three have inoculated more than 1% of their population. More than 20 countries aren't even on the board yet. Um, is that a level playing field? I don't think so. Um, a little bit of good news uh, in terms of uh, aid to Palestine. Uh, Palestinian leaders and the United Nations welcomed the United States decision this week to restore more than $200 million in aid previously cut by the former president. And uh, the, the restoration is part of the Biden's administration effort to push for a two-state solution. I'm not going to get into the, how the money is being spent, but if anybody in their right mind thinks that there will be peace in that part of the world without a two-state solution, I want their drugs. And, uh, some Brexit information. Um, from the very beginning, I always thought it was such a shitty idea. Uh, it's been just over 100 days since Brexit, since Brexit began in earnest. And uh, they're, they're, they're experiencing tremendous difficulty um, in the UK in terms of exports. Uh, trade with Europe has taken a major hit with exports of goods to the European Union, plummeting by more than 41% in January. I, man, it was a bad idea. Um, and it's really kind of reminiscent of all the chest beating uh, that's gone on in this country, um, you know, in terms of uh, America first, America's great, and screw everybody else. And um, the British have, I really have forgot that uh, the sun set on their empire a really long time ago. Um, and that they're part of the European Union, not apart from it. It will continue to be a problem. It, to me, it was a huge mistake. Let's go back in time uh, to, uh, to Egypt uh, 3,400 years ago. Man, that smells good. What are you eating? Oh, God, it's delicious. Um, a lost golden city in Europe dating back 3,400 years has been revealed in what is being called the most important discovery in the country since the tomb of Tutankhamun in 1922. The city, buried under sands near the modern-day city of Luxor, for three millennia was uncovered uh, in September 2020 by uh, an Egyptian team. The city is the largest, uh, is the largest uncovered ancient, uh, from ancient Egypt and is only partly excavated. Um, with its storage houses, grinding stones, ovens, and areas for meat production, everyday, everyday tools still intact, this site gives a rare glimpse into a, a working Egyptian city. That kind of stuff to me is, you know, is really fascinating. Uh, we're so focused on the present um, and really, you know, in, in many ways not dealing with the future, which is how we've gotten to this dilemma with the climate change. And really not looking very much um, at our past, which is why uh, we continually repeat um, all our shitty behavior. We refuse to look at our history. Um, and it's really clear uh, when, you, when you go backwards. And uh, I got a, a cute story uh, from Poland. 
Uh, oh my God, I didn't read about the bald eagle, which is why the Polish story made sense. Never mind. Uh, restart, o only for you guys. The tape's still going. The famous bald eagle, um, which has been an enduring American icon, is back. In a new report by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, it found that e the eagle population has quadrupled over the past decade. Um, and according to Smithsonian Magazine, in, in 2009, there were 72,000 individual bald eagles and just 30,000 nesting pairs. Man, it's up unbelievably. The, it's gone up now to 317,000 individuals and over 70,000 nesting pairs. And uh, the U.S. Secretary of the Interior, uh, Deb Haaland, called the population boom a historic conservation success story. Um, and she, which I've mentioned before, is a Native American. And a quick quote, the strong re return of this treasured bird reminds us of our nature's shared resilience and the importance of being responsible stewards of our lands and waters that bind us together. Amen. Now I can talk about dogs and horses in Poland. Poland's Interior Ministry has, has proposed new legislation that would offer paid retirement for old dogs and horses. They're in the, nation, uh, in the, in the nation's police, border guard, and fire service. The new law would affect some 1,200 dogs and more than 60 horses currently in service. So, like taking care of the bald eagle, um, very cool to, to see that little bit of news, which you would say, oh, that's really not a big deal. Um, but um, it really is. Um, we just we have to care for, um, oh, my gosh, all living beings, uh, four-legged, two-legged, the ones with wings, um, the ones with a lot of legs. Um, so uh, going back to how I started this, which, you know, was that um, speech by Carl Sagan, um, you know, if we could uh, all travel that kind of a distance, three and a half billion miles from Earth, and then turn around and, and take a look at her, um, it just brings a, a whole different kind of perspective on, you know, on what matters and how we treat each other. So uh, kudos to, to, to Carl Sagan. All right, uh, I'm now down to the poem. Uh, this is a poem by uh, Joy Harjo, uh, and it's called Don't Bother the Earth Spirit. Don't bother the earth spirit who lives here. She is working on a story. It is the oldest story in the world, and it's delicate and changing. If she sees you watching, she will invite you in for coffee, give you warm bread, and you will be obligated to stay and listen. But this is no ordinary story. You will have to endure earthquakes, lightning, the deaths of all those you love, the most blinding beauty. It is a story so compelling, you may never want to leave. This is how she traps you. See that stone finger over there? That is the only one who ever escaped. That's... Don't Bother the Earth Spirit by Joy Harjo. Hey, listen, um, thank you very much for listening. Um, you know, tell your friends. Um, it would be great to have, um, you know, a lot more listeners. Uh, but, you know, going back to how I always um, start this podcast, 
Um, I am a lone voice in the universe. Um, and just like Carl Sagan, who sent gold recordings um, of every conceivable sound, language, uh, piece of music, he put them on, um, on gold-plated CDs. And they were sent um, into the atmosphere, way far, on Voyager. And in the off chance that they might get um, actually picked up by beings from other galaxies. Um, and with kind of visual instructions as to how to listen. Unbelievable. Um, real, uh, just a, an unbelievable undertaking. Um, and they're called the gold records. So um, I kind of feel I'm doing the same thing. Uh, and maybe, oh, I don't know, 100 years or 500 years from now, um, some odd-looking beings are going to discover um, these podcasts of mine, um, scratch their heads, assuming they have heads, maybe smile a little bit with kind of a, a knowing understanding. So it's really why I do it. And as I always end these things, until next week, same time, same station, God bless. <laughs>